Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. We have to break into this game. We will keep the game on one side of the screen, but we have to show you the scenes that are unfolding right now on the pitch at Old Trafford. Our commentator, Arlo White, is there for us inside on the gantry. Arlo, can you tell us more? Yeah, remarkable scenes here, Rebecca. Uh, Lee Dixon and myself got here to the gantry at Old Trafford a little early so that we could avoid uh, the protests outside and get into the game safely and in good time. Well, the noise outside was clearly audible from inside the stadium. We heard a couple of loud bangs as well as fireworks went off. Then all of a sudden there was a, a loud rattling sound and then the sound of voices getting closer and closer. And lo and behold, away to our right-hand side, the fans started pouring down the steps here in the Sir Bobby Charlton stand and onto the pitch. And you can see now one or two fans infiltrating uh, the media areas. I'd estimate between four and 500 are on the pitch. We've got yellow and green flares, of course. The disaffected Manchester United fans who have been chanting, we want the Glazers out. They are the colours of Newton Heath, the original Manchester United before they changed their name. And that's the colours that they have adopted in opposition to the Glazers' ownership. So the fans came onto the pitch, Rebecca. They made their way across towards the tunnel area. And that's where the Sky Sports gantry is, where Roy Keane, former Manchester United player, uh, is uh, doing his television work. There are no stewards that I can see. There are certainly no police in here. And now the fans are making their way back across, or a majority of them, back across, back to the area that they came into the stadium to leave the stadium. But as you can see... There is uh, smoke swirling around Old Trafford. Uh, there are fans on the goal net in front of the Stretford end. And these are extraordinary scenes, the like of which I've never seen before. Arlo, thank you very much. Shocking, shocking scenes coming to you from Old Trafford. We're going to just stay with these live pictures. As you can see, as Arlo said, they're all heading back from where they came as they try to exit Old Trafford. Now the supporters, Rebecca, as you might be able to see in your pictures there, I'm just to the, to the right of that. That's my view here. So here I am. This is my view of the situation. Down to our right-hand side. Now there's a bottleneck of fans leaving the stadium. Now I don't know whether a message came from anybody in particular. Um, from the Sky Gantry over on the left-hand side. I know Roy Keane is over there. Uh, but all virtually in unison, have all turned away from the tunnel area and are now making their way back out to the ground, which is very sensible. This is, you know, breaking the law effectively, what they're doing here and trespassing onto the pitch. Um, but they've made their points and clearly feel they've made their points, but they want this match to go ahead against their arch rivals at Liverpool later on. Remember, this is a day that Manchester City could clinch the title. Liverpool are the visitors, their arch-rivals. It's two weeks ago today that Lee and I were here at Old Trafford when news broke of a potential breakaway Super League that Manchester United and Liverpool and Manchester City were all involved in, and that has now sparked this uh, displeasure and protest against the leadership of the Glazer family here at Old Trafford. Arlo, can I ask the you court, a question? The, you, you mentioned there's no fans. I can see a couple of high-vis jackets, a couple of stewards. They don't seem to be doing anything, Arlo. Can you see any more police coming in? Anything at all to control this? Nothing. Nothing. There are one, two, three, four, five. So there are probably six uh, stewards with high-vis in front of me on the track, but they're not here for crowd control, I don't think, Rebecca, because right. obviously there shouldn't be any crowds in here. So it is interesting. The corner flags have been uprooted, by the way, so some souvenirs are being taken. But it's, um, it's a strange situation that once they've come into this, the uh, stadium and got onto the pitch, as soon as they did that, they're now starting to leave. So whether this was orchestrated... We need to make our point and then get out so that the game can go ahead. I don't know. Maybe that information will come out later. But we're just seeing the final few stragglers now. I think one or two of them, Rebecca, are just buzzing off the fact they're on the pitch and they've got the phones out and they're taking selfies of themselves. 
but it's the predominant colours here, Rebecca, and as you know, mm. Newton Heath, green and yellow. They're not Norwich City fans. These are fans disaffected and displeased and disenfranchised with the way that the Glazer family are running Manchester United. This move started a number of years ago. The Glazers have been in charge since 2005, and that's been a way of protesting against the ownership. And uh, we're just seeing the last four or five, maybe ten fans uh, going and exiting the stadium now. But the, the cheers and the roars from outside here, Rebecca, are still clearly audible. It's staggering scenes. Arlo, thank you very much. The last few are on their way out, but you can see outside they seem to be on the move as well. Um, the number who went into the stadium are a fraction of those outside. There is also, as you may already know from before the kickoff at Newcastle Arsenal, we told you about reports coming to us from outside the Lowry Hotel, which is the team hotel where the United players and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer are staying. And they were also uh, quite strong protests. There were flares outside there. Um, it looked to be a good number of fans outside the hotel. So it seems to be two areas of protest. Outside Arlo, I'm not sure if you can see these pictures, they do seem to be on the move in some direction, perhaps onto another area outside of Old Trafford. Is the pitch now totally clear, Arlo? Uh, bar two fans now who are doing sliding celebrations to the corner flag. Um, which is, uh, which is strange, but there are only two fans left on the pitch now. One's on a, a mobile telephone and both now making their way uh, back and following their fellow protesters out of the stadium. So the pitch is now clear. There's a bit of debris out there. Uh, one or two were kicking footballs around into the empty nets here at Old Trafford. There's still the smell of sulphur in my nostrils from the flares and the smoke uh, bombs that were being let off on the field. So, you know, the ground staff are going to have a, a job to do here to get this, uh, this pitch cleared in time. And actually, mm. the team, Manchester United, in order to get from the Lowry Hotel to Old Trafford, that might be an issue as well. We've seen Manchester United be late for home games, their own home games before now because of traffic issues. It won't necessarily be the traffic. It will be the fans outside the, the Lowry Hotel and maybe on the route to the stadium. But that was a, a, a strange situation. It looked like it, the fans had broken in and maybe we're going to stage some kind of sit-in and we'd have a prolonged issue here. As soon as they got on the pitch, they made their point. Uh, they went over to the, the tunnel area and the Sky cameras would have got it, our colleagues at Sky Sports. And, and with that, they turned around and, and just immediately disappeared out of the stadium. So their point has been made here, Rebecca, forcefully, it has mm. to be said. There will be questions asked at how they were able, with all the warning that was given about this, how they were able to get into the stadium. I'm sure the inquiries are starting right now. But as it is... Each fan uh, has left the stadium. Now the pitch is clear. Indeed, it is not easy to enter stadiums when you're not allowed to. I can tell you that the security normally is very, very tight around these places. But when you're a few hundred deep, then perhaps it's easier. We saw pictures there of some fans throwing tripods, camera tripods, kicking balls, as you say, on the net, picking up corner flags as well. So some really shocking scenes. Premier League half-time presented by Volkswagen. This is a live shot now of Old Trafford. The fans are gone and some news just into us here at NBC. Ian Collins, who runs stadium operations at Old Trafford for Manchester United, has spoken and he says that they are now doing a security sweep of the stadium. The game between Manchester United and Liverpool is not in doubt. There are no plans as of now to change the kickoff. The worry, though, he does say, is that the supporters, the protesters, are now trying to realign, he fears, to stop the team buses arriving at Old Trafford. Welcome inside the studio. Lots of breaking news happening today. I'm Rebecca Lowe. Robbie Earl, Robbie Musso alongside me. Let's just recap what happened. I want to bring you some scenes outside the Lowry Hotel in Manchester. The Lowry Hotel is where the team are staying, the United team are staying right now with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. It's where they stay ahead of every home game. These are the scenes round the corner actually from the Lowry but we also have shots of them here on the right of your screen protesters up against the front door doors where the players should be coming out of to get onto that team coach and then Robbie Musso your reaction to this please awful 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 scenes I, I, I could never remember ever a group of fans have breached into a stadium they're not in the concourse areas they weren't allowed in the stadium they have found a way in through doors or gates to get on the field of play it's awful scenes, Rob, and I, I just, mm. I can't think of any other situation. No. And this is absolutely not, not the right way to protest. And I know these, these fans are trying to get the game off, but this is pretty, pretty bad. It's such a shame, Rob, because we've gone from the support of the fans and what they were doing to where now it's a criminal offence. And, and it lessens the voice of what the actual message is about ownership. We're now talking about bad 
criminal behaviour, not bad ownership of a football club. Yeah. And for those fans who've done so much for English football and grabbing those clubs away from a Super, super League, you see this now and a lot of that good work's been undone. If you talk to Manchester United fans, they'll tell you this is 15, 20 years of pent-up frustration. This is since the Glazer family took over. They're all angry. But, Robbie, no. it's just not the way, is it's it not, not to the... send the message? Absolutely not. You know, and there's thousands outside. This story's going to evolve, Rebecca. We've seen the scenes outside. The, what, fans are trying to stop the players you know, getting onto the bus and maybe the buses getting to the stadium is their plan to try and get this game caught off not the way yeah. to argue and to try and force out it seems a bad look for english football fans yeah. who, who standing just were skyrocketed a week or two ago indeed a couple of weeks ago all fans came together didn't they to stop the super league and now we see scenes like this and of course if you're trying to find information or more pictures and videos on social media you're very unlikely to find them because of the english football social media boycott that is taking place over the course of this weekend now there for us our commentary team supposed to be focusing on the game Manchester United against Liverpool at 11.30 Lee Dixon is alongside Arlo White and Arlo you were sitting there doing your prep and then you looked up and you actually filmed it for us you sent it to the group and in came the fans tell us your observations yeah, we heard some loud rattling sounds from away to our right-hand side over there, which eventually is where the fans sort of poured down the steps in this Bobby Charlton stand here and out onto the field. And it was a moment of, it was almost surreal. We felt like the stadium was being invaded, which in fact it was. I stayed put here, Lee. You were up, you were up there and you made your way down the Bobby Charlton stand towards the Sky Sports platform down there. Now you've got Jamie Carragher, Micah Richards and Roy Keane, of course, down there. What were your observations? Because that's where the fans went. Wasn't yeah, it? I mean, it was it was quite scary actually. As we heard the noise, as you said, and I, I moved up towards the back of the stand, and, and within seconds they were congregating down in front of all the sky uh, the sky pundits. And as you said, Roy Keane was there, Jamie Carragher. There was a lot of um, there was a lot of shouting. There was a lot of it seemed very well organised. Mm. Um, and I did see a group. I did see a group of. Um, of young men um, all on the phones together right in the middle of it and they, they put their phones away instantly and all started to move out of the stadium the way they come in mm. and everybody went with them. It was almost like it was right, mm. we're in there for a period of time, then we move out and we go to the next spot, they've been to the hotel. I mean, disgraceful scenes and as Robbie said, you know, last week there were the heroes, the fans, this week these Manchester United fans today have, have not done themselves any favours at all. Rebecca, it feels orchestrated because they left so quickly but they have caused damage. Cameras have been smashed here and Hopefully we have a game. As I said, a developing story. We are breaking in once again, keeping the game on the right-hand side. But these are the scenes on the left of your screen that Arlo White and Lee Dixon are witnessing at Old Trafford as fans head towards the pitch and are now, Arlo, on the pitch, correct? Yeah, it's, it's a different group to earlier on, Rebecca. There's no doubt about it. And they've come in from a different entrance to the stadium and one or two have slid down the tarpaulin that covers all the seats here at Old Trafford. Now there are three uh, fans on the pitch, a couple going towards a group of footballs that are lying on the turf in the middle of the, uh, the Old Trafford pitch. There are some stewards about, certainly more than there were uh, before the first invasion, uh, around about, what, an hour ago. Um, and there are far fewer than there were before, Rebecca, I think it's fair to say. Mm -hmm. There's upwards of about 50 that are in. You can probably see there's a couple on the pitch, but they're, they're just uh, on the steps in the middle of the stand. They're, they're chanting. They have the green and yellow scarves on. Um, and this close to kick-off, and you've probably got more information than I have about the whereabouts of the, the team buses at this point. Um, but this, the game has to surely be in doubt at this point when you've got fans infiltrating the stadium which should be fan free of course and has been all season this close to kickoff we are looking at at least a, a delay i would have thought um there's one fan that's been apprehended before he can get back to his pals in fact he's now being allowed over the uh, fence to to rejoin his mates by the uh, the stewards there are no police uh, in here i'm not sure what the situation is outside the ground rebecca and uh, it's kind of losing its momentum now and they're sort of turning back and, uh, and heading back to where they came from. But uh, these are quite remarkable, extraordinary scenes. And, and to be clear to everybody, this isn't necessarily about the Super League, the, the story that broke two weeks ago, although it certainly sparked it. This is a protest about the Glazer family and the way that they perceive that the football club has been run over the last 15 or 16 years. But it appears that the latest invasion has been quelled and they're turning back and heading back uh, towards the exits. Rebecca, thankfully. Arlo, thank you. Let's take you to James Cooper, our Sky Sports reporter outside of Old Trafford.
Well, I think any idea of this just being a, a peaceful, progressive protest looking at ownership of football clubs and the structured ownership of football clubs has gone to one side. This is about emotion, this is about passion, this has very much become a reminder of what we saw back in 2010, and that was protesting against the Glazer family as owners of Manchester United. I think questions have to be asked about the security here at Old Trafford, how Manchester United fans managed to get onto the pitch. I've been told that a gate was opened and they managed to get in through that way. So I think questions have to be asked about that and whether in fact, that's showing Manchester United fans and the protest they wanted to put on here in the right light. As you can hear, there are hundreds, perhaps even two or three thousand Manchester United fans currently outside Old Trafford, making their feelings pretty clear. And I don't think they're going anywhere. I think their intention is to make sure that this game isn't played. And I've been told the match referee has been turned away from one of the entrances behind Old Trafford. There are question marks again about whether Manchester United's players will be able to access the stadium or even get out of their Manchester City Centre hotel. So, as I say, what this was set up was a, a peaceful demonstration looking at fan ownership, talking about 50 plus one. That's how this was all established, and that's what we thought would happen. But I think from about three o'clock on, onwards, the mood has changed very much. We've seen flares, we've seen fireworks, we've seen shouting, we've seen skirmishes, we've seen a big, big police presence. And I think huge questions about whether this game can actually be staged, bearing in mind we've seen fans on the pitch. We haven't got both teams here at Old Trafford, and we haven't got a referee either. So plenty going on here. And I think concerning scenes and maybe I've been told it's about fan power, it's about getting a message over to a global audience but you've got to work out whether this is a progressive move or whether it is just fan power gone crazy. So that's well, in terms, Arlo, of the team buses, I've just been told that 12 minutes ago, a reporter for the Manchester Evening News said that it was still outside the Larry. We haven't seen the Liverpool team bus arrive either. And the referee for this game is supposed to be Michael Oliver and his assistants has, as we heard there from James Cooper, been turned away from the referee's entrance at Old Trafford, which, as you say, unfortunately, has to put this game in doubt. Well, it does. I've just seen an extraordinary scene here, Rebecca, of one of the, the supporters that came down and got onto the pitch a few moments ago clearly lost one of his sneakers and left it on the pitch. Now, he's gone down to the front and asked the stewards if they could get his sneaker back, and the steward has gone onto the pitch, picked it up and handed it back to him which is remarkable, really. But there are a few masked fans, as you can see here, still in that concourse. One has thrown a, a yellow cone down the tarpaulin towards the, the pitch. It doesn't seem... It's boisterous. It's not violent at the moment. There's lots of chanting going on. They don't appear uh, to be going anywhere quickly. And this is a clear security breach of the stadium. And just to echo what James was saying there, Rebecca, as we tick towards 4.30 local time, 11.30 Eastern, uh, there's, there's so little chance, I would imagine, at this point of the game kicking off on time and the actual game itself, the biggest game in English football, Manchester United against Liverpool, on the day that Manchester City could clinch the Premier League title, Liverpool desperate for a victory to enhance their top four prospects against their arch rivals. There is the very, very real prospect that this game, if not delayed, may not even happen at all. Arlo, you said it was boisterous, not violent as things stand, lots of chanting, which is interesting because we can't actually hear at the moment, but we can see them chanting. My other question to you is police. I feel like there's probably thousands of people sat across the United States asking, where mm. are the police? Well, it's interesting, Rebecca, because we have conference calls ourselves as an NBC Sports team, don't we? And we've been talking all week with our security people about what's going to happen um, this weekend outside of Old Trafford. And I'm just peering across at the supporters who are about, I don't know, 50 yards away. And, and we all talked about the fact that this was going to happen. And there have been people who have been monitoring uh, activity on social media. Obviously, we're boycotting social media this week. People in English football uh, as a stand against racism and hate uh, that, is, uh, that is aimed at footballers and people within the game. Um, but people monitoring it said, yeah, there's going to be something happening on Sunday. And I saw reports in the newspapers, the Manchester Evening News, that suggested upwards of 10,000 fans could be part of the protest. Now, if, if that is knowledge that we're aware of, then questions seriously must be asked as to why this has been allowed to happen at the biggest football stadium, club stadium, 
in England. It is quite remarkable. And once the fans have got in, the initial uh, invasion of the, of the stadium, they removed themselves voluntarily as, as part of what looked like an orchestrated situation. Now these guys here at the back of the stand, now they're starting to infiltrate down the, uh, or progress down the steps again, because they're not being challenged. All we've got is one, two, three, four, five, six stewards uh, down in the corner by the corner flag, just peering up at them. And at the moment, they're not being challenged. Maybe that's a sensible thing. We don't want to see any, any pitch battles happening inside of Old Trafford. Uh, but at the moment, they've kind of got free reign here. And mm. questions, as I say, Rebecca, must be asked. How has this been allowed to happen when everybody knew that there was going to be a sizable, boisterous protest today before a big game outside of Old Trafford? Free reign is exactly the word I was about to use. It looks like they're enjoying a, a lovely day out, doesn't it, at Old Trafford? There looks to be a group there heading back towards the pitch. They're posing for photos on the tarpaulin. They're filming it. They're on their phone as well. This is a major security breach apart from anything else because, as I would mentioned to you 10 or so minutes ago, Ian Collins, who runs the stadium operations at Old Trafford, is, had said that they were doing a sweep of the stadium after the first breach, when the first section of, of fans decided to enter the stadium and onto the pitch. Well, if that security sweep was happening, they're going to have to do another security sweep when they finally either get these fans out or the fans voluntarily decide to leave, which, as you say, then puts this game in doubt in terms of time because the footballs that some of those fans were kicking in the centre circle were the footballs which were supposed to be for the players to warm up. That that's what the balls were out there for. Just if you don't yep. know about a build-up to a game, some of our viewers may not know the time scale. As we look there at Glazer out, one of the many banners involved, normally the coaches arrive at least 90 minutes before the game. So about 15 minutes ago, the coaches should have arrived. The players should be in the dressing room. They come out, they walk on the pitch, they read the programme, they go back in, they get changed, and then they come back and warm up. And I can tell you that we can't talk to Arlo any more because he is actually being told to leave the press box, which makes me think that the stadium is somehow being evacuated as we're now seeing the first time a couple of stewards are taking on these Manchester United fans you have to understand as well that many stewards on match day are not trained for this. They are not supposed to be trained for stewards to talk to fans, to engage with fans, for fan interaction, especially not during a pandemic when no fans are allowed in the ground. Jeff Shreves, you're looking out there as the Sky Sports pitch-side reporter. He seems to still be in the stadium, but Arlo White has gone and the whole of the Old Trafford press box has now been told to leave. As we see here, Robbie Musto, mm. I'm going to bring you and Robbie Earl in here. As we see fans do whatever they want to do right now at Old Trafford are not being challenged. Your thoughts, please. Well, like you, Rebecca, I I'm stunned. There's no law enforcement going on here and these fans look like they're having a day out. They can go wherever they want. This protest has turned into a, to a disgraceful behaviour now from English fans. Um, I can't believe this game can go ahead. H how can this game go ahead now? Like, a postponement, if they announce that, you know, maybe does that start to to discourage some of these fans to get involved. I don't know, but this is something that, Rob, yes. we haven't seen before. This is unprecedented and, and it's an awful look for English football, the Premier League uh, and the English football fan. I'm stunned and, and, and somewhat embarrassed. And, and listen, I understand that people protest and they can come in their thousands, they can make noise, they can bring the banners, but do it the right way. And, and Rebecca, you just made a really interesting point about the... People will see the security guys there in the high-vis. They're not trained to deal with these situations. They're trying to have conversations with people and, and cajole them to maybe leave the, the, the stadium because they don't want anything physical to start. They don't want anything physical to happen. Look at the number of people. Well, they have no into... support. The stewards no, have no, no police. Exactly. They're in danger. They're, they're in danger. We're talking about the players and things. The security people are in danger. Just one quick apology to Arsenal fans. Of course, I know you want to hear the commentary of your game and you can watch the game on the right-hand side of the screens, but I'm sure you'll understand that this, these images coming into us here on NBCSN have never been seen before in English football, and that goes back many a year. Let's go to Jeff Shreves, who you saw in your picture just a few minutes ago and hear from him. Pitch side. Well, it, it, it is, without question, a massive security breach, not once, but twice. And it was well known that there were going to be protesters at the stadium today, protesters in the city centre as well. So I'm sure that 
plans were put in place for extra security, for extra police presence, but for whatever reason, that has not worked. As you can see, it's self-evident. There are fans, rather protesters, in the stadium right now. So how the situation is going to come to an end, I'm not entirely sure, to be frank with you. Yeah, and Jeff, just on the subject of whether the game will go ahead, as you say, your understanding is that the teams are still at their hotels and, you know, waiting for further developments. You know a lot of these guys, you interview them week in, week out. If you're a Liverpool player or a Manchester United player right now, seeing these scenes or hearing about what's been happening, I mean, will they even want to play this game? As big a game, as significant a game as it is? Players always want to play. Players will always want to play um, wherever possible. Of course, players will also want to be assured of their safety. And let's not forget, these protests are not against the players or the teams. These are about the owners of Manchester United, these particular protests. They still support their club, they still support their team as fervently as possible. They would not wish any harm whatsoever on the players, but it is possible that the bus is blocked or isn't moving or able to get here on time. That is a possibility. I don't think a player's safety would be a question, mind, in a, a player's mind at all. Um, but whether or not we get to that point remains to be seen. That was uh, Jeff Shreves reporting pitch out at Old Trafford. He's still at the ground for how long? We don't know, considering if you are just joining us here on NBCSN, Arlo White and Lee Dixon and the rest of, our, of the English press were removed from the press box. These pictures are incredible. It's been around an hour now. These are live pictures, by the way. It's been around an hour since the first group of infiltrators arrived at Old Trafford, broke, we are, are, are led to believe, broke down a gate in order to enter not only the stadium but go on to the onto the field of play. So, lots of people joining us at all different times. I'm going to recap for you exactly what has happened over the course of the past hour and a half. We saw dribs and drabs, some fans arrive before 9 Eastern, and then suddenly, look, a deluge of fans. And you can actually see in the middle of your screen, going to the right-hand side, a movement, and a movement towards the stadium. Meanwhile, across town at the Lowry Hotel, which is where Manchester United stay before every home game. This is just round the corner from the Lowry Hotel. These were the protests. Plenty of banners, as Jeff says, against the owners. On the right of your screen, fans going right up to the front doors of the Lowry Hotel, chanting and singing and screaming at those front doors. This is the breach we talked about, the first breach, when the gate was reportedly ripped off and in came hundreds upon hundreds of Manchester United fans down the seats, over the tarpaulin, down the steps, across the pitch. And we, we saw damage done as well. We saw camera tripods lifted and thrown. We saw... Corner flag stolen. There were fans on the back of goals as well. Flares were let off. As hundreds made their way over to the corner of the ground where the Sky Sports, our colleagues at Sky Sports, there you go, there's the camera tripod being thrown by that gentleman. Damage as well, I'm being told, to several cameras at Old Trafford done by the fans. And the Sky Sports platform, where their studio is, is in the corner, and that's where they went over to. I'm just being told that police are now entering the stadium. There they are on the left of your screen. Not in a massive rush, but they are entering the stadium and they are heading towards, and you can see the retreating of the fans in the top right-hand corner of your screen. The fans are retreating and they are heading now, it looks to be, out. These are live pictures. Live pictures of the fans leaving the field, leaving the stands as the police, it looked to be about a dozen of them, didn't it, are entering quite calmly entering the stadium. Of course, we don't want confrontation. We don't want violence. But the police have taken around an hour now to get there. There's actually two, four, six, at least six, maybe eight policemen who are heading towards the corner of the stadium there. We still have no news on the team coaches. I can tell you the team buses. They were supposed to have arrived around 20 minutes ago, both the Liverpool team bus and the Manchester United team bus. No sign of them yet. We are now uh, on FaceTime there with Arlo back. It looks like inside Old Trafford, Arlo. Yeah, still inside Old Trafford, Rebecca. We're not allowed back in our broadcast gantry just yet, which is just down the stand here. I'm at the back of the Sir Bobby Charlton stand, and that's the corner of the stadium that was breached between the Sir Bobby Charlton stand and the East stand. I've just been for a look out of the window at the back of the stand, and there are thousands of protesters still there. The flares are there. The banners are there. The defiance remains behind me. I can hear, still hear the police uh, helicopters uh, circling above us. Um, if I take you uh, around a little bit, you can see our colleagues here 
uh, on their platform, Sky Sports. You've got Micah Richards, formerly of Manchester City. You've got Graeme Sunese, a legendary Liverpool player. And, of course, Roy Keane as well, who won many titles here at Old Trafford with Manchester United. Dave Jones is anchoring the coverage for our colleagues at Sky Sports. And that's the Old Trafford pitch, which was breached by around between three and 500 fans. Now, they congregated around the Sky Sports platform, which is down in the corner of the ground here by the tunnel area as well. And it's my information, as you just mentioned, Rebecca, that that was breached. Now, whether it's one, two or three fans, I'm not entirely sure. But in these COVID times, and we've been reporting and commentating on games behind closed doors now since the start of Project Restart, which was the middle of last June. And they are so strict on regulations of where you can and cannot go. As broadcasters, we have amber access. There are amber signs everywhere, arrows telling, telling you where to go. There's one-way systems, and there is a very definite cordon off to the red zone, the red zone for players, for match officials, for the coaching staff. That in the tunnel, obviously, is the red zone. So if that has been breached, that is a problem with the, uh, the bio-bubble that, that is, has been established here at Old Trafford. We're staying in the amber zone, of course, and bringing these uh, pictures um, as I speak. So, no sign of uh, any players, no sign of the team bus arriving here uh, at Old Trafford. Interestingly, a few moments ago, Rebecca, we actually got the team news. We can't bring it to you yet because we don't know if there's going to be a game. Um, but that's the situation that we find ourselves in. And I shall certainly keep you posted. Lovely stuff, Arlo. Thank you very much indeed. Yes, we do have the team news, which you can't bring to you. I think they phoned that team news in, I would suspect, from uh, somewhere, maybe in their hotels or if they're on the team bus yet. We don't know. Now, just a few seconds ago, our pitch side reporter for our colleagues at Sky, Jeff Shreves, filed this. It was well known that there were going to be protests against the Glazer ownership of Manchester United this weekend. It was predicted that they would be in their thousands, but the security was indeed breached. It was at the far end from where I'm standing now, the east end corner. They came out onto the pitch. You've probably seen the pictures. Flares were being thrown, and they made their feelings very, very clear indeed. They then cleared relatively quickly, but reappeared in a smaller number about 25 minutes, 35 minutes later. And there had been dribs and drabs of fans still inside the stadium. They've now all gone. You can probably hear the police helicopter overhead. Uh, we're told there's a meeting as we speak. At four o'clock, a decision was expected or an announcement as to when that delayed kickoff would be. But I can tell you, both sets of players, both teams are in their hotels in Manchester City Centre. They're all in their rooms. They do not as we speak, know whether or not this game is going to go ahead indeed or at what time. What would be your message to these fans having seen this? This isn't the way to do it. And their, their message, their powerful message, will be lost because of these fans. I've got to say it, there's a lot of fans outside the stadium, thousands of them, that, that are protesting peacefully. I'm assuming a lot of them are doing that. Yeah. And this is going to grab the headlines, and rightly so. This is disgraceful. To force your way into this stadium, trespassing, possible criminal damage, etc., etc., etc. Not the right way. And, uh, you know, we, we remember long ago, Rob, with a lot of uh, fan issues and problems and, and hooliganism in English football. Yeah. That's been long yeah. gone. Yeah. Um, but these scenes of this, this disarray is, is, is kind of very, very sad. I think it's important to explain to our viewers in the States, maybe some of them who've never had the pleasure of going to a, a ground, that security is incredibly tight yeah. to every Premier yeah. League ground. And this is doing something that, and we can see here the damage done, we've got the camera tripods, and I know that broadcast cameras themselves have been smashed as well. But this yeah. behaviour, yeah. Robbie Earl, this is... This is is new. This yeah. is almost unheard of. We have we have to explain the severity of this. Yeah, this this isn't what we're used to, Rebecca. And, and, and the quality and value of the Premier League is not just what happens on the pitch, but it's what happens in the terraces and the fans. And we've seen that with the pandemic, fans haven't been here, and we've seen how much they bring to football. This is a bad look on English football and Manchester United the biggest club in English football. It's a bad look for their football club. As, as Robbie said, there's thousands of protesters who have the right to go and protest mm. and let your voice be heard, let your banners be seen and, and, and protest. And we have to also just say, Rebecca, this isn't a protest against the team mm. or Ollie or anything. This is about the owners. And this is because it's an ownership group from, from when it took over, Rebecca, has been not that visible, 
it almost feels like the Glazers are a business, not a family. They're not particularly in tune. It doesn't seem like they're in tune with the fans. And from the Super League, when the fans did protest in the right way and got that stopped, we've seen this has been the tipping point today. And, all... and we've seen what, we, what, we, we've, seen what we, we've seen, which are, are, are disgraceful scenes, actually, of fans breaching the security of the game, going on the pitch and now putting a game in jeopardy. It is in jeopardy. I mean, we saw a couple of weeks ago, or only last week, the power of the fans coming mm. together to end the European Super League idea. Now we're seeing the power of the fans possibly um, not just putting this game in jeopardy, but actually cancelling this game or postponing this game. Our colleague Lee Dixon is getting information and actually sending us a text on our little group thread we have on our show and saying that the buses, the coaches that contain the players cannot get past the crowds. I assume we're just trying to get more information from him, but I assume that means at the hotels, at the team hotels, they cannot get past the crowd. So if that is their intention to have this game called off, they must believe, Robbie, that if it's a, a if the game is called off as we look at pitch here of the second breach, by the way, in a different area of Old Trafford a little bit earlier on. If they have the game called off, they're hoping for mass coverage of that event because I don't think I can remember mm. a time that a game has been called off in these circumstances. No, I can't. And we've never seen this. Like, never. Uh, and, you know, sometimes there's pitch invasions, you said earlier on, where fans within the stadium get onto the field to play where they shouldn't. And they, but this is different. They broke into the stadium, which is what makes this, this is so shocking. And it looks like, you know, we saw live pictures a few moments ago, and it looks like the balls are out there, the cones are out yeah, there, the media's getting assembled. Get it looks go. like they're trying to, mm. you know, uh, get to a point That's where... That's the reason aren't they? Yeah, they can know, so, safely... Mm. I mean, it's just, it's just the time taken to clear out all these... You know, thugs, got to say, out the stadium and make the ground safe. And, of course, the coaching situation with the coaches from the, from the hotels, are they going to be OK? I mean, it's, yeah. there's still a lot of questions yet, but it seems like there's a determination from everybody that is, they want this game to go ahead. And just put yourself in the, the position of a Liverpool player, Rob. Mm. You know, it's your biggest rival. You've seen all this going on. You know, are you going to be in the right frame of mind to go into this game? Mm. to get ready to, to play a game that, that, you know, hopefully gives you a chance of Champions League football. Yeah, I mean, sorry, so sadly there's a, there's a few incidents, isn't it, over the years of different clubs in different yeah. countries, in fact, where the bus gets attacked yeah. and it, it, yeah. you know, it players affects, have said that mm. it affects them. Again, who knows what's going to happen from this point in, but, yeah, some players could potentially be shaken and affected by this. If you're just joining us, if you're just switching on NBCSN right now, you're seeing images from a little bit earlier on um, because Manchester United against Liverpool has been postponed for now. It's a delayed kickoff. We don't yet know what time it's going to kick off because of these two breaches of security where on two separate occasions between about 9.15 Eastern and 10.15 Eastern, two separate uh, groups of fans. The first group was in the hundreds. Second group, maybe not 100, um, entered the stadium. As you can see, they FaceTimed, they took selfies, they enjoyed themselves. They had free reign because another key point here, I think, Robbie Earl, is that we saw the stewards and actually yeah. in a shot a moment ago when the, play when the players, when the fans decided to play football with the footballs that yeah. were out there yeah. for the players to play with in their warm-ups, we saw the stewards try to talk to them. They tried mm. to make conversation. They tried to maybe ask them to leave. But we have had a year without fans. Therefore, yeah. the stewards are not trained for this. They're not trained no. for this anyway, but they're certainly not trained for a situation like this. I'm sure their own safety was at the forefront of their minds, and it took an hour before we saw seven members of the Greater Manchester Police mm. arrive. Your thoughts on how this has possibly happened when we were mm. talking about this protest a week ago, and we all knew there were going to be 10,000 fans. Now, we didn't know they were going to enter the stadium, no, Robbie, no. but when you've got 10,000 fans in yeah. one place, outside you, a stadium, you know you're going to need some police. You need you? some police, you need some security. The, the planning behind this, Rebecca, has got to be some serious questions asked. And as you say, there's a group of, uh, of security people in the stadium in the high-vis jackets who's, who were probably thinking they're just going to stand around the pitch, you know, when the players come out, they've just got to make sure that they, they... And then they were faced with hundreds of fans coming onto the pitch. Some look like they've been, they've been drinking. Some look like they were determined to, to cause trouble. And, and the, these poor people were having to amicably cajole and talk and try and work with, the, with, with these fans and try and usher them out, out of the, the, the stadium in a safe way without in, in, invoking any real uh, physical contact. Another interesting take on this, of course, is there is the social media boycott over the course of this weekend. So two sides to that. First, uh, 
the message is going to be hard for to get through. We're not going to get the coverage quite, because you know how when you have a social media up and running, people are taking video. There isn't going to be quite this widespread video taking um, to go on social media uh, and retweeted and reposted by media companies, because so many media companies, as we see here, the police finally arriving, uh, are also part of the social media boycott. The other part of that, Robbie Musto, is in situations like this, often a figurehead, maybe an Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, could via social media send a message to the fans to ask them to stop, to plead with them to leave the stadium. But nobody wants to break the social media boycott because of the good work that we're hoping that that boycott will do. So that's another facet to think about, Robbie. It's a very good point. Uh, and so you're not going to see that. And I'm sure there's so many people out there, outlets that, that you know, I guess want to report this, but uh, uh, being loyal to the media ban, the boycott, um, of course, the social media companies, and, and you're seeing this. So it's... Uh, yeah, it's just a, a, a very bad look. It, I think it's embarrassing for Manchester United Football Club yeah. to have a section of his own fans mm. doing this in an unruly manner. Again, there's, there's thousands outside that want to peacefully protest, uh, but the message is getting lost. And there's one thing, Rebecca, I, I do want to bring up, and it's a banner that's outside, and it's the heart of everything we're seeing today and in, in recent weeks, and it says, our club, not yours. That, that right there tells you everything. Because they don't own the club. Other people own the football clubs. But, of course, the fans are incre incredibly and an extremely important part of the clubs. They want something. The owner that does actually own the club wants something else. And when there's a disconnect and when there's no communication and when there's a, a feeling that, that your owner is not in it for the best intentions or, or the commitment hasn't been made financially to the team, whatever it is, when that, con when that connection is lost, then, as you said earlier, Rob, mm. it feels like with the Super League it's the final straw the camel's back. It's interesting you say that, Rob, because the other banner that's out there, and you see from Manchester, is 50 plus one, where they're saying they want some fan ownership. This is terrible representation of what a fan ownership could look like. If Every time we have, we have an argument, we'll, we'll demonstrate then or we'll do something. No, there's a peaceful way to show what you want. There's we, a peaceful way danger, to get what you want. Are we in danger of, 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 of focusing on these, these rebel fans more well, than... I, the, I, the, I, the, I, I don't want to be tarring... The, you know, yeah. Well, you were just saying about, about the peaceful protesters outside, and I'm sure those that created and thought up this protest had the best intentions, yeah. had that passion for wanting to have more of a mm. say at their yeah. club and feeling sure. angry as they have felt now mm. for 16 years, and instead that message is being yeah, right, totally overtaken yeah. mm. by these images which, although there's a social media boycott, these images will be broadcast around the world by certain media outlets, Sky News, BBC News. Michael Oliver is the match referee. He was turned away a little earlier on. He has made an his way into Old Trafford alongside his fourth official, Craig Paulson. He's got himself a cup of tea and he's on the phone. We don't know, of course, who he's talking to. He knows that there's a delay to the kickoff because it was supposed to be kicking off in 14 minutes' time. And Robbie and Robbie feel that uh, the shortest amount of time between players arriving and kickoff is about, you could probably do it in about 40 minutes, taking into account a warm up and changing and everything. So at the moment, we're set for a decent delay. Arlo, good to see you. Um, you've seen that video of the violence. Can you just describe it for us between police and fans? Well, I've just been out to the... Uh, there's a suite called the Treble Suite, Rebecca, which overlooks the scene that you were just seeing there outside the East Stand. It's at the far end of the Munich Tunnel, and it was clear that a police cordon was in place and was starting to force the protesters back. Now, the protesters obviously didn't take very kindly to that, Police horses then arrived. I saw one man lying unconscious on the floor. Uh, the security barriers that were there to, well, ostensibly keep the fans away from the stadium, that didn't work, but they started to be tossed around, and uh, who knows where they landed. And it's a, a very, very sad scene out there. Um, the protests that happened, as we saw earlier on the pitch, were by and large peaceful. But we have seen one or two letting down their fellow protesters by destroying cameras, breaking uh, tripods, throwing flares. And that's been sad to see. You know, if you're an American sports fan who has heard about this on Twitter and is just joining uh, the story here, it's, it's hard to describe exactly the magnitude of this. But if you're a New York Yankees fan, you're about to play the Boston Red Sox. This is like Yankees fans being so disaffected with the ownership of the, of the team that they storm Yankee Stadium and they're out on the field two hours before the team plays the Red Sox, or Packers fans doing this at Lambeau Field two hours before a big game against the Chicago Bears. Thankfully, that doesn't happen. But that is the level of dissatisfaction 
that we're talking about here. And it strikes me as well, Rebecca, at the moment in English football, that the game here in this country is at the forefront of so many societal issues. If you look behind me, you can see the banners that say United against racism. We've seen Premier League players take the knee before games since the start of Project Restart. Indeed, there is a social media boycott this week as football is at the forefront of fighting racism in this country and around the world. You've also seen football come back during a global pandemic and give us all a wonderful distraction during some very, very hard times. But this is the prism of football fandom that you're seeing here and the, the dissatisfaction of a group of fans of arguably the biggest football club in the world protesting against the ownership of the football club. It did turn briefly nasty outside. It looks like it's calmed down a touch, and that's good to see. Whether this is an effort to, uh, to clear the way for the team buses to arrive so we can get a game on today, I'm not entirely sure. But it's calmed down outside. The crowds appear to have been forced back. And we'll keep you posted from inside Old Trafford, Rebecca. Arlo White, thank you very much indeed. As you can see, and Arlo was saying, the police on two fronts have pushed the supporters, the protesters, back. Arlo told us that he saw one man lying unconscious, that it got nasty, that barriers were thrown. And Carl Anker, a reputable football reporter in the UK, has tweeted out that missiles were thrown and have been thrown by protesters. Now, it seems peaceful, certainly, at this end. I've got some imagery for you uh, to show you over the last few minutes. This is the first time I'm seeing this imagery as well. No, this is, this is the video that was sent to us by Arlo and by Lee. From their vantage point, you can see the barriers are being thrown and you can see the police are pushing them back, and it's a crush at the front there of the protesters against the police. This is not the scene we want to see. Robbie Musto, I'm going to bring you back in. Mm. Anyone who's tuning in right now is watching something that, unfortunately, if you're English, brings back terrible memories of hooliganism, hooliganism in days gone by, correct? Yeah, correct. I mean, in the 70s and 80s, um, it was an awful problem. Fans fighting... Uh, against the rivals around stadiums. This is obviously different. There's no other fans here, as far as we know, Liverpool fans involved. It's all Man United fans that are protesting about their ownership and just, you know, sad and, and, and awful to see these uh, scenes and, and, and what it looks like for English football and, and the game that we love and the league that we love. Um, and it, it's, hard to, it's, hard to, it's hard to watch. You saw at the bottom of your screen there, it looked to me, I don't know about you, like a police officer was leading another police officer away from the scene, possibly injured, we don't know. Uh, clearly, some violence has taken place. How dismaying to see these images in 2021. The protest that began so peacefully was supposed to be sending a message to the ownership of the club, and instead it has turned into a debacle. Now our Premier League reporter, PLP reporter Ian Irving, was asked a few moments ago about the scene. Uh, well, it's a bizarre situation, of course. I mean, I've been covering Premier League matches uh, for 12 years and I've never seen anything like this before. I've never known a protest uh, be like this, be this strong on a match day like this and, of course, cause such disruption to a Premier League fixture. In terms of what I've seen inside the stadium, it's unprecedented as well. A group of around 200 to 300 supporters at around 2 o'clock local time made their way onto the pitch here to, to chant their protests and also hold placards as well. Obviously, uh, the protest against the ownership of Manchester United Resparks really uh, from those plans on the European Super League a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, certainly in terms of my time covering United, I've never seen anything like this before. Just a few moments ago, our colleague at Sky, James Cooper, filed this report just as the police were pushing back. <laughs> Yeah, very different scenes here at Old Trafford right now. Greater Manchester Police moving in and moving in effectively with numbers to clear the Manchester United fans that were protesting outside the stadium. I think what happened was bottles started to be thrown. The whole thing changed very much in mood, became a bit ugly, and I think the police were under attack by some sections of the fans that were protesting, and I think they decided enough was enough. It was time to move in. We saw the horses. We saw uh, proper numbers in terms of the police, and quite simply, within five minutes, they managed to clear the entire forecourt here 
at Manchester United. Uh, and if you have a look at the pictures, which my cameraman bravely got uh, when things were turning rather worse, I think you'll realise the kind of uh, the, the mood, not only the situation, but maybe the danger that some people were in, not only the fans, but also the police as well. Uh, this was a very, very different protest, the one that was envisaged earlier on in the day, which was meant to be respectful, which was meant to be peaceful, and was meant to talk about share ownership and uh, how football clubs should be run. We saw something very, very different. We saw a lot of young Manchester United fans protesting. We saw fans break inside the stadium, take penalties on the football pitch, uh, ruin camera equipment as well. And I think, you know, it's maybe just to be explained by the fact that this Manchester United fan base, whilst being fairly anti-Glazer as we've seen throughout this, is also a kind of fractured fan base with many fans wanting to do something that would grab the world's attention in the right way. But I think what they have managed to do is get, make sure that everyone's talking not only about Manchester United against Liverpool, but also about a protest which turned very ugly and very dark and which was in the last five or ten minutes... Uh, safely taken away by the Greater Manchester Police, as I say, who moved in in numbers and moved in very, very effectively. I think the problem is, without two football teams inside the stadium, you haven't got a football match, and I think that's where the problem lies at the moment. I'm led to believe that uh, people are dispersing from the hotel in the city centre where Manchester United are based, and that maybe if they can get the team out of there and to Old Trafford, we might have a game. Equally, uh, attempts, I think, being made to make sure Liverpool can get here. But I think what's interesting about all this is over the last two or three days, you know, certain factions of the Manchester United support were intent on making sure this was something that people talked about around the world, that there were going to be attempts to stop the, the Manchester United team bus and Liverpool team bus from arriving at Manchester United and arriving at Old Trafford. I, I guess, you know, we have to see whether that is going to happen or not, but certainly very, very different right now. Eerie, quiet, and I guess, you know, what they'll be doing here at Manchester United right now is making sure that the stadium is entirely secure before they can even think about a football match, because you've had people inside the ground, you've had people inside the stadium in executive areas, uh, in all sorts of areas of the football club. They've got to go through it pretty carefully, make sure those people aren't still here before they can decide that yes, the stadium is secure enough for the football match to take place. We're just going to bring back in our commentator, Arlo White, who is, I think, still positioned for us. Yes, he is somewhere in the stadium, not allowed yet. Back to your seat, Arlo. What can you see? What are you learning? So I've come back to the treble suite where I was earlier, Rebecca, and I can get a signal here now so I can show you what's going on. Now, the breach of the stadium was in this corner here. That's where the gates were smashed in. That's where the fans entered into the stadium and onto the pitch a couple of hours or so ago. Now, if I if I look down there, and it's only my, uh, my mobile phone, but there is a sign that's been trampled on down there that says glazers out. But that's the only real evidence of the protest. The rest is beer cans, beer bottles, and just general litter. It is a complete mess outside. There were fans on the roofs of these outbuildings here and on the train tracks that run alongside Old Trafford as well. So it's a, a scene of chaos, really, outside. And now it remains to be seen whether we can actually play a game of football. Rebecca, back to you. Arlo, just a question for you. We can only see what we can see from the pictures. You're right there. You've witnessed it, Arlo. From what you've seen when you looked at the crowd and you mentioned there in terms of one of those signs, but that was all the evidence of protesters, are you, are you thinking it's pr protesters, well-meaning protesters caught up with not well-meaning fans? How would you identify the group of people? How would you describe them, Arlo? I think there was a definite, definite hard of supporters who feel they have a genuine grievance with the way that Manchester United Football Club is run. And they've been at the sharp end of it for many years since the Glazer family took over the club in 2005. So I think that is genuine. And I think they were, they were intending to arrive at, at, uh, at Old Trafford and to protest peacefully. I do also think that there is a fringe of supporters. Now, remember, we still have fairly strict lockdown restrictions here in the United Kingdom because of COVID-19. Now, the pubs have reopened, but only outside. Restaurants, only outside. Football fans are no longer, and not yet allowed inside football stadiums. So there's a lot of pent-up frustration, I think, amongst football fans in this country. And I think there was a fringe that had clearly been drinking. I mean, the evidence is down there for everyone to see, Rebecca, beer cans and beer bottles everywhere. And that's where it got out of hand. So I think initially, there is a protest, and in a democratic society, that's absolutely fine if you want to voice your displeasure at something. But unfortunately, as things gathered pace in the afternoon, that's when things started to turn a little. And that's the unfortunate aspect of it.
Back with you live here on NBCSN and the news, just to reiterate, unfortunately, is the Manchester United against Liverpool. It is the biggest fixture in English football has been postponed. We've been told by the Premier League that too much damage has been done to the stadium and they cannot keep people out after the two breaches of security a little bit earlier on. Our Premier League Productions colleague Ian Irving filed this report with that news just a moment ago. Which is that confirmation that Manchester United against Liverpool has been postponed. A statement has been released reading Manchester United say following discussions between the police, the Premier League, Trafford Council and the clubs, our match against Liverpool has been postponed due to safety and security considerations around the process today. Discussions will now take place with the Premier League on a revised date for the fixture. Our fans are passionate about Manchester United and we completely acknowledge the right to free expression and peaceful protest. However, we regret the disruption to the team and actions which put other fans, staff and the police in danger. We thank the police for their support and will assist them in any subsequent investigations. So confirmation, Manchester United against Liverpool has been postponed amid safety concerns. Uh, thanks. That's Ian Irving at Premier League Productions. The referee Michael Oliver, who we saw arrive at the ground a little earlier, is leaving. We actually heard that he'd arrived and was had to, had to be turned away because of safety concerns initially. Then he did make his way inside the ground and now he's got his backpack on, I think it looks like, and he is on his way out. He won't be refereeing Manchester United against Liverpool today. So what are we going to do then for the next couple of hours? Don't worry, we've sorted it all out for you. We are going to bring you Premier League Up for this, our documentary presented by Barclays. It's an excellent documentary and it starts at one o'clock at the top of the hour here on NBCSN. And then we will be back on air at 1.30 with all the build-up for Tottenham Hotspur against Sheffield United, which is going ahead in North London. That game kicks off at 2.15, but we'll be back with team news and all the build-up at 1.30. And a comprehensive goal zone recapping the entire day will be here on NBCSN at 4.15. So let's take you back then to our commentary team who are in the gantry, still on the gantry, no doubt, on their way home soon. Unfortunate, such mm. disappointing news. Lee Dixon and Arlo White, it's over to you for your reflections, please, on what's happened today. Well, firstly, we don't get to see one of the greatest rivalries in English football today. Um, the scene here right now is surreal. Um, it's virtually silent. We can still hear the police helicopter above us. Um, I think, echoing the statement that was made, Lee, Everybody expected a protest today, mm -hmm. and people are perfectly within their rights to protest if they feel as strongly as they do about the way that their football club is being run. The problem starts in terms of having a game on today when the stadium is breached, mm -hmm. and we heard that rattling sound, didn't we? We thought, just over here, in between the East Stand and the Sir Bobby Charlton Stand, and we thought, that sounds a bit close, and then all of a sudden, fans are pouring onto the pitch. Now, once they left, you think, well, fine, but actually not fine, because they've broken their way into the stadium, and if the game starts, who's to say the crowd wouldn't regather, and they would have access to the pitch and access to the team? So you can perfectly understand why the game has been postponed to a later date. But, Lee, you know, when it comes to the protests, what are, you, what are your thoughts about the way the day has unfolded? Well, I, I echo your thoughts about peaceful protest. I think um, every fan has that right, and we've seen the power of the fans certainly over the last couple of weeks. But today, they, it was a minority, I have to say. There was a lot of people out there uh, protesting peacefully with no problem at all. But what I witnessed, there was a break into a stadium twice, if not three times, people going down the tunnel, onto the red zone, onto the pitch, threatening people, throwing flares at the, uh, the sky guys over there. And then what I witnessed outside was, was pretty horrific. I have to say, bottles being thrown at horses, bottles being thrown at police, trying to hold to uh, stopping them get to another gate to try and break in again on a, on a, for a fourth time. Um, and then they were dispersed. So there, were, there was a minority that, that took it far too far criminally and should be prosecuted. And, and it, was, it was scary. I have mm. to say, being here, um, I was up into the box with Brian Robson. I thought that was um, talking to him. You know, his anger at that side of the protest was, was there for all to see. And we talked about it upstairs. Uh, one of the, the Manchester United legends who couldn't believe what he was seeing. So I think, um, you know, there's a lot of reflection going on right now from everybody. And I think that the way that the, the authorities here um, seem to be taken by surprise, I have to say. There was, there was mm. going to be a protest. The fact that they took them by surprise and got into the stadium on two or three occasions was just quite 
unbelievable, to be honest with you. Absolutely. From a player's perspective, Lee, look, look they didn't, never even made it to the to the to the ground, did they? But you know, can you put your mind or you put yourself no, in the position of the players are in the room? This game was never going to happen. As right. soon as they breached the stadium, people were saying, "Oh, it's going to be delayed." It was never going to happen. They breached the red zone. Mm. Um, you know, you can't have zones and then just go. Oh, we will forget about it. There was well, a thousand people on that pitch. You know, kicking balls around, playing with the the uh, pinching the the flags, etc. This game was never going to happen once that happened in my book, and it was just a matter of time before the authorities came to their uh, together and discussed that. But uh, from a player's point of view, they'd have had to re- they'd have had to eat again, they'd have had to have the pre-match meal again, mm, mm. all the preparation would have had to go on again. This kickoff was you know maybe 10, 11 o'clock. They might have got it on, but it wasn't going to be. And it's it's a sad day for football, and and the fans have spoken again, but so, you know. It, on an unsavoury way, a minority, I have to say. Thank you, Lee. Safe uh, travels home. Rebecca, will leave you from Old Trafford. And we wonder, going forward, whether the actual point of the protest will now be lost amidst the chaos that has followed since. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.